Hey podcast, so today I want to talk about something that keeps popping up online for me. Obviously I do a lot of stuff online where I'm sharing my story, talking about recovery process, talking about how I've sort of dealt with past trauma as well as the accompanying mental illness. What I see is, not that it's this distinct, but for lack of a better expression, two groups of people. The first group is taking action to address their past trauma. And the second group is just complaining about it. And I understand that talking about this can be quite confronting, triggering, and potentially offensive. But hear me out. There's a real risk of people identifying with their trauma in the sense of, this is what happened to me and I'm stuck here. I'm stuck with its impacts. I'm stuck with the mental state. I'm stuck in my situation. And then from there, you go, well, this is my identity. This is who I am. This is my situation. I'm going to just complain about it. The problem is, is that complaining about something doesn't really do anything to fix it. If you complain about something, you can't get better from the complaints. It's, it's, it's practically useless. I'm all about practicality and, you know, making, taking actions to get things done. But I'm also about sharing your story. I'm a strong believer that sharing your story, sharing your your trauma, talking about it really does help. So then there comes this obvious contradiction or seeming contradiction or dichotomy where I'm on the one hand saying, stop complaining. But on the other hand, I'm saying, share your story. And, you know, it, it's not really a contradiction, but at first glance, it may seem like it. So let's dissect this a little bit. Sharing your story involves speaking to a therapist, finding people online who are similar or in person, and sort of breaking down, going through the barriers, and and you know even even sharing it to yourself, like writing therapy, of course. But it's basically just expressing what happened to you and how you're feeling. Complaining on the surface looks very similar. I can't do this because of this. I can't do that because of that. But it's very passive. A complaint is like, I can't do this full stop, or because of my past trauma slash mental illness slash disability, whatever, I can't do this thing full stop. There's no room to move with that. And to be honest, there's no point saying it, and there's no real point hearing it. I find people, when they come to me, they come to me for advice, and I very much appreciate that because I can say, all right, let's talk about it, let's deconstruct your problems, and let's work out some actions to resolve it. But there are times where people start complaining to me, and when that happens, I tend to lose a bit of patience, and I will suggest to them solutions. I will suggest to them resources I'll suggest to them actions that they can take. However, I will also suggest to them that complaining about it to me, and not in so many words, but just rehashing the issues they're facing is not a solution, a viable solution to healing. And it's also not doing either of us any favors in the short term. Me personally, when I hear people just complaining and not taking action, it drags me down. It's It's something that doesn't really benefit my mental state. 
I'm happy to hear people's stories. I actually quite, I actually get a lot of sort of therapeutic benefit from sort of recounting and talking about our stories, even even if it's traumatic. That's not, it doesn't actually detrimentally impact my mental state for whatever reason, but complaining does. So I guess this podcast is just going to be me musing on the difference between complaining and sharing. I talk about this coming from a place of complaining. In the past, I would have identified with my mental illness and my trauma, recognized that that put limitations on me, and then I would have just spoke about those limitations without really doing anything to address it. And at the time, I would have sworn black and blue that there was nothing I could have done to change my situation. I'd quote-unquote tried therapy, I'd tried medication, i tried all the different things people suggest, and my situation wasn't changing. Therefore, I was, once again, quote-unquote, justified in my complaints. The problem is, is the people I was complaining to listened to my complaints, and then they would complain back with similar stories. But then something changed. I started listening to particular podcasts and changing therapists and reading different books and getting different people in my life. And these people and podcasts and books were all from people who have gone through the journey or provided me something that I could do to take myself through that journey. The prime example, at least initially, was Jocko Willink. His podcast, The Jocko Podcast, and his books and all of the stuff he's doing really instilled the belief in myself that I could make change. It suggested that if I did something, if I took action, I could make a change that would positively impact my life. This took the wind right out of my complaints because... If I'm sitting there complaining, I could be doing something about it. And if I didn't know if there was something to do about it, I could start researching different things that have worked for other people. And I, I, I get it that I'm literally saying, hey, you know, put more effort in or hey, you know, like, like keep, keep going. But really, what else is there to do? If you want to improve, if you want to see results. If you want to heal, you have to put in the work. There's something that I've said that's given me a bit of flack, but I'll say it again. The hardest truth of childhood trauma is realizing that although you didn't cause it, although you didn't ask for it, although you wouldn't have wanted it to happen to you, it did, and therefore it's your responsibility to fix yourself. That means that you need to take yourself to the therapist. You need to do the self-care, you need to read the books, you need to put in the hours meditating, you need to do the exercise, you need to educate yourself on the stuff that you missed, etc, etc. Complaining about it doesn't solve anything. All it does is give you a sort of short-term little ping, as in like, it's sort of like a short-term release of pressure. When you feel bad, you complain, then you don't feel as bad because, well, you've assigned the blame elsewhere. 
assigning the blame elsewhere does nothing to fix your situation. Once again, Jocko Willink has the 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 terminology of of extreme ownership. This is the idea that you need to put basically the the put everything back onto yourself. How are you not at fault, but how how are you going to address the situation? The same things for other people that I listen to talk about this. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it as a form of accountability. Naval um, talks about it in terms of being accountable to your name. And and basically every high-level performer talks about this idea of being accountable. Every, every high-level business owner talks about being accountable. And it also has, or also relates to a lot of therapy. You need to be accountable to yourself. You need to be the one to take action. And it's, once again, I know it's it's a hard pill to swallow. It's probably the hardest pill to swallow. But until you accept that your life and your mental state and your future is on you, nothing dramatic is going to change. There was a turning point in my life when I realized I had to accept responsibility for my life. I had to be the one to do the work. If I wanted to get a better body, I had to be the one lifting the weights in the gym. If I want to get a better mental state, I have to be the one seeking therapy, meditating, getting medication, etc. No one else is going to do it for me. I just, it really upsets me to see a, a person's, for example, Twitter feed of them assigning blame externally, complaining about all of these different things in their life that are going wrong. Those complaints aren't helping you. In fact, they're probably attracting people that are just going to complain with you, and that'll keep you trapped in that complaint cycle. And I I welcome the people complaining about me talking about this, because it'll be a clear divide between people that are willing to take action, people that are going to take action, people that are therefore going to heal, and those that are going to say it's too hard, or that I don't know what I'm talking about, or anything like that. From my experience and from what I've seen other people do, you have to cut the complaints down. You have to cut them out. It it does nothing long term. So with all this in mind, I want to encourage you that if you if you start complaining, if you notice you're starting complaining, that's a trigger for you to go, okay, what can I do about it? A complaint without without action afterwards is not it's, it's, it's useless. There's, I think it's a sort of an army quote. It's um, lead, follow, or get out of the way. But people that are complaining want a fourth option. They want to shoot holes in your idea and your options and just want to see the ship drown, right? It's the same for this idea of complaints is the same for when you're starting a new idea. You might be starting a new form of self-care or a new hobby or even something more adventurous or big like a business idea or a blog or any, anything really and you'll start sharing it and people will start telling you exactly how and why it's going to go wrong. They're sort of pointing the flaws. They're sort of playing this negative voice and it just doesn't help. You have to have a bias towards action. You have to start taking action. And that action can be anything. It can be small. So if you find yourself complaining, 
Well, let, let's backtrack a bit. How do you even recognize complaints? One thing that I tried for a while was I put a headband around my wrist. And every time I realized I was complaining, I would snap my wrist <laughs> with it, like pull it back and snap it, whack. And then I would move it onto the other wrist. And then once again, it would keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually I was able to get to a state where the headband didn't move between wrists for a whole day and then a whole week and so on. And that sort of trained me to realize that at the time I was complaining a lot. Every time I realized I was complaining, it's like, okay. And then I stopped voicing those complaints. Once I started to recognize the complaints, then I can sort of backtrack and go, okay, I realize I'm complaining. What can I do to take action about this? And let's say you don't know how to take action. You go, okay, I found a legitimate problem here. I would have complained about it, but now I'm going to take action. Like Zach said, I'm going to take action. What can I do about it? And let's say you come up with a blank or all of your ideas, you've previously tried them, whatever. How do you determine what to do now? This is where you go external. You find a therapist. You find a good podcast. You find someone online that you can ask. You ask a friend or a family member. You look at someone who's been where you are and has gotten to a place that you would like to go and ask them for advice. Once they give you that advice, you need to take it because it'll be very easy to shut that person down and be like, oh, that's okay for you. Or, well, of course you could do that or I could never do that. At the time, they thought that they could never do it, but they did it anyway. You've got to trust that and take that action. There's a there's a tattoo that I've got on my leg. It's got six lines, and each line represents something that at the time I thought I couldn't do, but I did it anyway. I was able to get it done. I got it on my leg, so every time I look at it, I go, okay, the next time I think I can't do something, this is proof that in the past I was able to do things that I thought I couldn't do. So when that happens again, I know that I can at least or should at least try. No problem is insurmountable. I would like you to consider that, that there have been things in your past that you've, things that you've done that in your past you would have thought impossible and you've gotten through them and you were able to do them. For, for lack of a better expression, like for, for a baby, right? Walking and talking is an impossibility. They can't possibly fathom it. And yet you see them doing it, right? They eventually learn. We just forget about that. That's something that we forget. But it's possible to do things that you think are impossible. Okay? You just have to put in that effort. I also want to just finish on the concept of faith. Now, I'm not talking religious faith. I'm talking about faith in the method. Faith in action. For example, you know that if you eat well and if you exercise, let's focus on the exercise. If you go to a gym right now, Actually, no, scratch that. If you get on the floor right now and do 100 push-ups, right, or as many until you break, you're going to get stronger. You won't get stronger instantly. You won't get stronger, noticeably stronger right now, but you will get stronger over time. You have to have faith in that method. If you cut sugar, you know that you'll lose weight in time. The problem is, is that there's a lag. There's a delay between the 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 action and the results so let's say with diet and exercise there's a lag of about one to two months before you start to even notice any small changes and you know there might be a lag to a year before you see real improvements or you start hitting those goals that you want to hit 
But the only way to make that change is to take that action slowly. Same thing with reading books or studying. There's a lag between starting it and the results coming in. What I'm trying to address is, is if you start doing something for your mental health, starting to overcome trauma, starting to try and stop these complaints, right? You will eventually, you will have to, you have to realize that those actions will have a lag before you start seeing results. So you have to keep taking action in faith, in the faith that the results will come. Faith in the method. And how do you know to have faith? Well, you know to have faith in the method because you're going to do things that have been proven to work in the past, either for yourself or for other people you know, or for people online, or based on scientific studies, right? If you know that SSRIs as a form of antidepressants work to stop depression, then you can have faith that it will work for you. If you know that cognitive behavioral therapy, or DBT, or horse therapy, or anything like that works, i.e. the science has shown that it works greater than placebo, chances are that it will work for you. You have to have faith in that. If you know that meditation, journaling, any of the other stuff that I talk about working for me has worked for me and countless other people, you know it will work for you too. But you've just got to account for that delay and that lag. So I want to make a challenge to you. I challenge you to stop complaining. And if you do find yourself complaining, take action instead. Do something about it. If you're struggling to know what to do, contact me, direct message me, and I'll point you in the direction of specific blogs, podcasts, videos, or people that will help your situation. Okay? Don't come to me with complaints. Come to me with your story. I've got the Share Your Story project. But if you want solutions, if you want help, if you want guidance, and if you've got a complaint that you're not quite sure how to address and you're willing to take the advice, connect with me. I'm so happy to help. So happy to, to, to point you in the right direction or give you my own personal anecdotal advice. You can connect with me on anywhere on social at Zach P. Phillips or via my website, Zachary-Phillips.com and I'll put the links down below. Just speaking of, I would love you guys to check out my Skillshare courses. I've got four out at the moment. They're all on meditation for mental health in some capacity. And just to highlight the fact that everything I'm doing is up and available for free, you can get two months free access right now, sign up, watch my courses, and then if you're not liking Skillshare or anything like that, or you're done with it, you can quit the sign up before the billing comes. So it is literally free for you. But as a side note, it's a great way to support what I'm doing here because every time someone signs up through the links that I've got, it gives me a little bit of a kickback and basically lets me know that you're listening. So yes, check out the Skillshare courses. I do want to quickly update you. I've got my next book, Wage Slave, coming out very soon. The actually, in fact, the paperback and ebook are out right now. It's the 16th of the, of the 6th of 2019 for those playing at home. And the audio book is just in the final stages of the approval process. And once it's out, I will let you know. Um, but I'm very excited to bring that to you because it's a book that basically expresses my absolute issue and concern and distaste with the current approach that we have to work-life balance. It is possible to enjoy your work, and yet 87% of people are wage slaves. They hate their jobs. The stats suggest that 87% of people don't like that what they're doing, and they're just sort of going through that drudgery with anxiety, depression, worry, annoyance, upsetness at their job. We spend so much time working, and yet it's for whatever reason we've consigned ourselves to disliking it. I, I hate that approach. So this 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 anthology of short stories and poetry is my expression of that. So I'll keep you updated when that comes out. But yeah, if you like what I'm doing here, please chuck us a review. Consider signing up for the Skillshare courses. And yeah, 
connect with me if you like. Catch ya.